How do you sort out the so-called jargon from real-world practices that work? Do the members of your organization find some business advice utterly confusing? Welcome to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. In this program, we set the record straight and in terms that people at any level of business and technology can understand. Now, here is your host, Sam Holzman. Welcome to this edition of the 2020s Enterprise. I'm your sometimes humble host, uh, Sam Holzman. Well, I'm trying to always be humble. Uh, but this topic may surprise some of you, and the title of this uh, particular episode is No One Really Wants an Enterprise Architecture. Now, someone that teaches, educates, consults, certifies people enterprise architecture, it may be an unusual title. The reason we have this title is because more and more organizations, more and more advisory firms, more and more people in the know, if I could use that phrase, are recognizing that what has been perceived as enterprise architecture uh, is, is really not what it is. It is not about building a series of models or representations or blueprints. And it is about something else. It is about enabling mission or business strategy. That's the end game. Enterprise architecture is a means to an end that's there. And some advisory firms are now actually trying to use the phrase that sounds something like this, business-oriented or business-enabling or business-focused enterprise architecture versus what a lot of people promote as technology-oriented enterprise architecture. So you're going to hear that phrase more and more. And thank goodness, it's about time, frankly, that this recognition is there. It's not about bits and bytes. It's about enabling mission strategy, business strategy, through a series of traceable and transparent actions. Traceable and transparent back to the business. And that's why we also use the phrase that these things that we're doing to enable business strategy, the pathways, the process, the methodologies, the models, whatever you want to call them, the means to an end need to be human consumable. Because that's the audience for business enabling enterprise architecture. So what people are looking for is a roadmap of some kind to clearly define what needs to be done to enable your business or mission strategy. A pathway, not a bunch of projects or programs, not a bunch of screen designs and report layouts. That's technology stuff, which is very important. But I want to read you a quote here. And I apologize that I cannot still, even to this broadcast, find out who exactly wrote this. And I apologize to the individual. And maybe if this person is listening to this broadcast, they could email me and tell me who they are. And I'll be more than happy in our next, next broadcast uh, to uh, provide uh, essentially recognition of that. But it really is kind of a fascinating statement. I'm going to read this uh, directly. Now, why can't I find the reference? Well, in a previous episode of the 2020s Enterprise, I talked about we do really not have a good search engine out there. And the things that you and I think are search engines are actually not because they don't have the fundamental requirements of a search engine that I discussed 
in, in previous episodes of the 2020s Enterprise. So I couldn't trace back the, the words back to some site or some reference that I actually got from before. So there's one of the real failings that I had spent, and a colleague of mine spent uh, you know, a few hours trying to find this before this broadcast. So I'm going to read this to you with, with that apology that's there. And the quote is, we need to redefine working software. It's functional and it's done does not matter if we build the wrong thing for customers. We can't congratulate. Of course, the word is congratulate, but this author spelled it C O N G R hyphen A G I L agile hyphen eight. Agile eight. Obviously, it's a reference to a certain implementation technique. We can't agilate ourselves just yet. We have to prioritize quality and customer value over we built something fast and we're shipping it. Boy, is that true. Because who's calculating what is the cost to have to redo or fix it later, kicking the can down the road, so to speak? Who's calculating the cost of angry and frustrated customers having to contact support? Who's calculating the cost of customers leaving us for a competitor? Or potential customers who pick another company because we still don't have what they need? Who's calculating the cost to stop the new work we're supposed to be doing now and devote it to sprints or point to old, this is the term they use, crap, (laughs) we have to fix because we rushed it out the door? We will save money, time, and sanity If we start measuring how well our software meets what we know, not guess, know the customer needs because we did proper research with them. This is where, now these are our terms now, architecture and engineering have to start. Nothing matters without customer value. You can have 10 releases and sprints every day. And if the customer finds it out it's garbage or not, what they need, don't congratulate yourself just yet. This is what we're facing. And all of these techniques that you're hearing about and seeing about, and frankly, are very popular out there, are the tail wagging the dog. Well, let's just keep iterating to a solution that's out there. No one wants a series, I'm sorry, of seamlessly ended, ending sprints without knowing where the goal line is. What's the end objective? The end objective is meeting some business need in order to satisfy stakeholders or customers or whatever you want to call them. We need to know what the end state objective is and how to get there. That's what people are looking for. Give me that path and call it whatever you want. But don't tell me I have to sit in a meeting and I'll show you something in an hour, and then I'll show you something in an hour again, or two hours, or six hours, or ten hours. This is nonsense. And people are getting fed up. People are getting fed up. No one also wants to be lectured for hours about frameworks and methodologies and so-called best practices. This is what we hear a lot about when people come to our workshops at Enterprise Architecture. Well, we just spent a, you know, a day in another lecture 
talking about a frame of reference. I love that intellectual exercise. I think that's fantastic. And there's a place for that. But that place for that is not in the context of enabling business strategy. Yes, it's a means to an end. But how much time do we have to spend understanding the alphabet? And as the phrase goes, and you have a lot of analogies like this, no, how, no matter how many books or how many lectures you hear about how to play golf, until you put the club in your hand in a real setting, in a real setting, you realize there's a difference. Now, the theory is important, don't get me wrong, and that's why we always talk about theory for a limited period of time when we talk about architecture certification, a very limited period of time. Because the end objective, once again, is the focus on enabling business strategy. And so-called best practices, we also have to recognize, are not going to be published on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, best practices cost money. You wouldn't walk into an Apple store and say, hey, give me one of those iPhones. What do you mean, give me one of those? Well, you know, it's, it's free. Everything's free. Well, it's the same way with intellectual property. The best practices in enterprise architecture, the best practices in enterprise architecture, just like in any other field, are going to cost money because somebody invested Decades, for example, as we have in this area, decades of our own money, our own costs, and now we're looking for a return. I mean, that sounds crude, but most of us still need, need food over the uh, food on our table and a roof over our head, and that's the way we do this. There should be nothing, you know, embarrassing about that. You don't go to a doctor's office, or you know, don't go to a brain surgeon and say, uh, um, you know, um, uh, I'm here to, you know, for some brain surgery. Uh, thank you very much for that. I'm giving these extreme examples on purpose. Nobody wants a set of intellectually entertaining models or lectures. There is a place for that. There is a place for that. There's no doubt about it. But we're well past that particular place, so to speak. We want to be able to enable, once again, a strategy or an objective and see a pathway. That's what this is about. And that's what we have to start getting out into the field. And those people that are teaching or certifying architecture, those people standing up in front of you, you should be asking the questions, have they actually ever done this? And how many times have they done this? And with who? That's building credibility. Reading PowerPoint slides is not what you're looking for. And that's what we see a lot with this incredible number of organizations that claim expertise and unfortunately are teaching in this area. Now, of course, one of the dangers that we see out there right now is the teaching that's being done is to pass a multiple guess exam, not to teach architecture. Let me stress here. The objective of most courses out there in enterprise architecture is to pass a multiple guess exam. Not to teach people to do enterprise architecture. That's not what a multiple guess exam will tell you. A multiple guess exam will tell you that you just passed the test. It's out there. So the real enterprise architecture that really helps your business, your clients, your customers, your stakeholders, whatever you want to call them, 
meet their end objectives is a business outcome-driven approach for your organization. And this broadcast, hopefully, is your starting point. And what I'm going to do here now for the time we have together is to give you some examples of what actually can be done using real enterprise architecture. I want to start off with something that perhaps is a bit unusual. So, for example, if your organization is looking at another organization for merger or acquisition, or internally, if you're looking to combine two business units or something like that, this is where enterprise architecture, real enterprise architecture can help. Now, notice where we started. We started with the end objective. What's the end objective? So let's talk about this for just a moment. A merger of two organizations. So we know where we want to be. Remember that end game. Now we want to start with that and back up and find out what we need to be able to do this. So what we're looking at is a series of things You want to use the word models? You want to use the word whatever? Doesn't matter. Things that help us determine the probability of success of that end objective. Notice how we're looking at this thing from the end game and now backing up and saying, okay, we've got a toolbox. And in this toolbox, we've got a lot of different tools. And one of the tools I have in there is business outcome-driven enterprise architecture. And we're going to apply that tool to address this opportunity. And so we have the opportunity. We know what the end game is. It's to evaluate the probability of success of merging these two organizations. So we have to look at, for example, the commonalities or differences in the goals that the two organizations have. What are the end objectives that are there? Well, maybe they don't have anything. Well, we've got to sit down and develop a series of representations, explicit representations, that are human consumable so we can figure out what's going on. We then have to look at the processes that people are using and see if there's commonality. And a process is more than just improve productivity, reduce cost, onboard staff members. Those are titles. Those are like a table of contents in a book. We've got to figure out if they're actually being done that way. It's, you know, similarly or different. Because when you bring these organizations together, you have to find out if, if there's, they're the same or different. And the phrase alone isn't going to tell you that. You have to do a little bit of analysis. Once again, the end objective is to try to ensure a high degree of probability of success. We have to see if the, let's get a little detailed more, the technology assets of the organizations are similar or are they vastly different and how they support business strategy that's out there. We have to identify potential areas of redundancies for optimization purposes that are out there and then identify what activities need to be done post-merger 
and after merger to bring the organizations together. And so you can begin using enterprise architecture with our methodology to get you there because that's what we do as a firm. We practice enterprise architecture for end games and that's what you want to do. It's not enterprise architecture in and of itself. And that's why we only spend one day on the theory totally in our working sessions for our workshops. And that's why I call them workshops and not seminar. The rest of the time is working through different representations we need to get to the different end games that are out there. At the end of the process is some kind of a process, methodology, a series of steps that are transparent to the stakeholders on how to get to where where they are from where they are today to the end game to make a decision, a transparent and traceable decision on whether or not that fast merger or acquisition is going to be possibly successful. So this is one example of how we start with the end objective and move backwards using enterprise architecture. And that's why we say, as we do in this particular uh, 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 lecture here, lecture, I'm sorry, broadcast, my apologies for stumbling there, of how the process works. We start off with the end, and that's why we say the end objective isn't an enterprise architecture. It's a means to an end. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to see you back here in just a, a few minutes talking about the end game of business-oriented enterprise architecture. See you back here in just a few minutes. Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. Based on over 30 years of real-world experience, the Business Architecture Center of Excellence four-day certification workshops in business architecture will guide you beyond theory and into actual implementation. If you are looking to develop a baseline for business agility through goal-aligned, prioritized capabilities, we will help you get there. You will leave our workshop with real tools, processes, techniques, and most importantly, true hands-on business architecture project practice. For dates, locations, and more, visit BACOE.org. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change 
by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to The 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back. This is Sam Holzman, and uh, we are chatting about uh, kind of a interesting topic to us, or at least to some of you, hopefully, and the title of the broadcast this week is No One Really Wants an Enterprise Architecture. They want something else, and enterprise architecture may get you there. And I want to tell you a little story about uh, a, a call that uh, we received this past week uh, from a very uh, prestigious uh, advisory firm. And they were talking about the concept of security and specifically the phrase security architecture. And of course, the end game there is what? Once again, just like I talked about in the first segment here, the end game is to ensure that evildoers don't penetrate your world. (laughs) It's very simple when you look at it that way. So the end game is to allow people that are supposed to be using your stuff to use your stuff. And for people that aren't supposed to be using your stuff to not use your stuff. As Homer Simpson sometimes says, duh. And I brought up to this firm, this analyst firm, think about in recent history, the game changer caused by the ring doorbell. I think most of you know what that is. And basically the game changer was, here's a device that tells you prior to the evildoer coming to your home that there's somebody possibly there versus telling you once the evildoer's in your house, oh my gosh, the evildoer's already there. What a game changer. And this is what we're talking about when it comes to security architecture, for example, security. It's not about hardening your system, so to speak. It's too late. How many locks can you put on there? The end objective is to make sure as much as we can that there is no penetration possibility rather than listing all the possible penetrations after the thing is built and putting more and more locks on it, uh, passwords and, f- and, and fingerprint readers and retinal eye scanners and facial recognition and all of this other stuff that, that may have some great things or artificial intelligence or unartificial intelligence or anything that's out there. 
These are all after-the-fact attempts to fix things because they weren't architected for these new types of environments that are out there. And so that's why we're using the phrase, nobody wants enterprise architecture. They're trying to address something different. Let's look at the automobile industry. A few decades ago, game changed. What became an issue for the public, at least in the United States, and and of course it spread all over the world, was pollution. And so the first reaction of the automobile companies was just like we're seeing in the technology community, which is you know, very immature as far as years of practice. Same reaction we saw in the automobile industry decades ago. Well, let's just put more stuff on there after the fact. Let's put a canister on there. Let's put an air pump in there. Let's put this on there or that on there. Tack these things on afterwards. Put more and more locks on the doors, so to speak. And if any of you were around at that time as I was, you knew (laughs) what the consequences of that after-the-fact situation were. It was a mess. I still remember like it was yesterday. I'd get out of my car. I'd have the key in my hand, and the car would still be going, it would still be sort of like trying to shut itself off (laughs) because of all the nonsense that was going on. And finally, the industry recognized the game is different now. You have to rethink this, re-architect, because the end objective is different. It's not speed. It's not horsepower. It's the particulate count that damages you and I in the environment. So the end game is to reduce that, and now let's back up from that end game and all the other things that we need to do and figure out the forward path to get us there. So we're always looking at that particular end game. And so as I said in the beginning of this broadcast, it's not about enterprise architecture. It's using enterprise architecture. And in the practice and the consulting and the teaching and everything else that's going on, that's what we need to do in a workshop to teach people, to help them recognize what the problem or opportunity is And then how potentially enterprise architecture will help us. And that's the difference in the approaches that we're thinking about. And we're seeing once again these types of understandings creeping in to the practice out there. And one of the best indicators is this phrase or name change that we're hearing about from a lot of firms, business outcome driven. Now that tells you right away that the game has changed, at least to me it did. Because we're not looking at a series of models and we're sure not looking at passing a multiple guess exam, question one, what is enterprise architecture? It's about the practice and getting practice in that particular area. A personal observation, a number of years back, um, I had a very, very severe bicycle accident. Um, I do like to do some long-distance bicycling. And I did something stupid. That's you sometimes where accidents happen. And I shattered, literally shattered, 
the humerus in my left arm uh, shattered in four spots. Uh, broken, excuse me, broken in four spots. It was a mess. And I was out in California doing this particular ride. And uh, t- again, to make a long story short, I <laughs> went to the hospital uh, in a unpleasant state, to say the least. And this very competent surgeon uh, who was a surgeon for some of the professional uh, teams out there was the person that was chatting with me about this. And he says to me, I can do this surgery, but that's not my expertise. And I said, well, what do you mean? He says, what you need is a traumatic long bone surgeon. That's the credibility and that's the pedigree and that's the practice. Not an orthopedic surgeon, not an arm surgeon. He said it's with this qualification, with all of these elements. And he says, and these are the people that I would recommend that have done this time and time again. That was the end game. Now, by the way, what was the end game? To make sure as much as possible, the ability that I had prior to the accident could be repeated. So zero effect of that accident. This is what we're looking for. So we're not looking for was the operation complete or did the program compile or do we have a series of models? The end result, the measurement, the end result is what? And then we backed up from there. And I I must say that years later, it is now years later, there is no effect that I can sense that this accident ever occurred. Now, people who are in back of me looking at my left arm do see (laughs) the zipper-like thing. That's kind of long. It's about 14-inch scar. That's in the back of my uh, my arm. So they knew something happened. But from my standpoint, or standpoint of ability, nothing has changed. And that's what we're looking for. And I give me these analogies to, to get you to think about when somebody comes to you and says, we need to do enterprise architecture, try to suggest to them that's a means to an end. What is the end game? So, for example, let's get a little closer to home for the, for, for the world of systems or things like that. We need to put together a series, a portfolio of all the different types of solutions, parentheses, applications, functionality is another word, that we need in our enterprise. Notice I didn't see we got to build a system, but here's the functionality. We need to onboard new staff members. We need an environment for developing new products. We need to uh, address warranty claims. We need to do competitive analysis. A series, these are functionalities. Think about your cell phone. Think about your smartphone for just a minute. That's the way you think. Now, the cell phone is now a dangerous device for people in enterprises because we recognize what the cell phone is or the smartphone is a series of 
functionality units. And the phrase that I use is it's mass customization in quantities of one. So your ability to come up with the functionality that you need, your end game is different than the person before you or the person sitting next to you. How was that done? It wasn't through a series of models, so to speak. It was looking at the end game. And so in your own environment, this could be something that could be done with architecture, starting with that end game. So what we need is a roadmap that will produce these series of functionalities. And then we can use the techniques of enterprise architecture, for example, to get us there. So we start off with that particular set of things. And we call that, excuse me, application architecture planning. So we're planning a series of events that will give us those functionalities that we need, you know, out there through a reliable, hopefully, and repeatable process that's out there. And so what we're looking for is the mutually exclusive yet collectively exhaustive set of functionalities that once again meet our end objectives. So we're not just building a system and a B system and a C system. Think about a house for a moment. You have to see the end game. And there's a bunch of questions that go on. And once you have that blueprint, that's what you have, a series of blueprints. Now you have to figure out moving forward. Now the the end objective is reflected in that blueprint. Yes, a blueprint is different than a Picasso or Rembrandt. A picture is worth a thousand words, but a model is worth a thousand pictures. And so there's a sequence of things to in order to get the functionality that you know that's out there. And what we're looking at is a continuous process that can be optimized and move forward as the organization changes. Think about, once again, your smartphone and how easy it is for you to be able to change the functionality of that phone just by pressing on an icon, and you can say delete. Or you can go to the, quote, store for a moment, unquote, and bring another one in and put it where you want. It's a very powerful concept. Now, by the way, there's a maturity that's out there. In order to make that happen, there has to be an environment that has been architected to accept that change. So just like I mentioned in the previous segment, that when it comes to security, it isn't an after-the-fact thought to bring agility to your enterprise You have to architect for that agility. To bring change easily to your enterprise, you have to architect to recognize that change is going to be constant or as constant as you can possibly imagine. And so these concepts of starting at the end game is what we're looking at and then using some techniques. So the enterprise architecture techniques that we're looking at have to have that ability to start at the back end and work forward. Now, people may say, well, we don't know what the future is going to bring. I'm going to say to you, I totally agree. 
And that's once again why we have to think about the end game is changing. And we have an environment, a series of things, representations, to get us there. So this is not a one-off activity. It's about thinking about what needs to be done and the pathways that will change over time. And another concept or another phrase that may be more comfortable, it's really the total life cycle of your company, of your organization, of your solutions that we're looking at. So it's an iterative process. Now, if you're in the automobile business and somebody decides that you really need to go into the potato chip business, we're sort of starting over again. But if we think about the automobile for, and the transitions that are going on right now, you can see these transitions and how organizations are sometimes changing the game and sometimes leading and following. So we have the internal combustion engine, and once again, fuel economy and, and pollution uh, and environmental factors came in. So you see, you see hybrid vehicles, and now you see the movement to electric vehicles, which are not an end game yet. Please remember that the right phrase is zero tailpipe emissions, not zero emissions. This is very important. Advertising is wonderful, isn't it? Zero tailpipe emissions is very different than zero emissions. And so we're going to see something else. Maybe it's going to be, for example, uh, hydrogen-powered vehicles or something like that, where the output is water when you're all done. Lots of different things. Thinking about the end game. The end game in the transportation business, of course, is moving product and services and people from one location to the other. So that's the end game. It's not about building an internal combustion engine or a blueprint of that. The end game is moving people, products, and services from one location to the other, thinking about that end game, and then backing up to that from that. And that's why you see some of the new entrepreneurs looking at this opportunity a little bit differently than the classical providers previously. You're listening to Sam Holzman. This is the 2020s Enterprise, and we're talking about what we really want is an output from enterprise architecture rather than enterprise architecture itself. See you back here in just a few minutes. Thanks for listening. Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. 
Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. Are you stuck in your enterprise architecture practice with nothing but a bunch of static models and deliverables aimed at future technology development efforts rather than true business understanding? With the Enterprise Architecture Center of Excellence four-day certification workshops, you will learn proven step-by-step enterprise architecture techniques to be used as the baseline for addressing continuous business and organizational change. For dates, locations, and more, visit EACOE.org. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at EACOE.org. That's sam at EACOE.org. Now, back to the 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back. This is our last segment talking about a little bit of a crazy topic, possibly, to some of you. And the title of this broadcast, of course, was No One Really Wants an Enterprise Architecture. What we're looking for is something to enable our business or mission strategy and working back from that. And the reason for this broadcast principally is the movement that we see, which we are so happy about, to the recognition that this topic of enterprise architecture on the internet has has really stratified into two audiences. And one of the audiences is the one that is very common out there that actually was not the original intent of that phrase, enterprise architecture, going back to Dewey Walker in 1966, 1967, when this topic was sort of invented. And the new phrase that's being used is business outcome-driven enterprise architecture. And so the reason for this broadcast, one of the many reasons I, I hope, is that the title is sort of waking people up that nobody wants an enterprise architecture. They're looking for a business outcome and the tools to get us there. That's really what we're looking at, the end game and then backing up, you know, into it. Uh, it's out there. So picture for just a moment, an analogy that may also help here. <clears throat> Assuming that most of you, if not all of you, probably have a toolbox. And the toolbox may have, depending on your abilities, uh, lots of tools <laughs> or just a few tools. Really depends on, 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 you know, again, different abilities that you have. You may have manual tools screwdrivers and hammers and chisels and nails, and you may have power tools. 
that's out there, depending on on the abilities that, that you have. And as I always joke with people, a fool with a tool is still a fool. And if you go to your local store or pick up a circular saw and you put it in your hand, there's three things that may happen when you actually use that tool. So if it's a circular saw to cut wood, first thing that may happen is you may generate a lot of sawdust. <laughs> Second thing that may happen, which is positive, is you may actually build something or cut something up into something that's useful. And unfortunately, the third element is you may actually hurt yourself. A one out of three isn't a real good ratio. Now let's think about the same thing here. And that's why this topic of enterprise architecture, it's a tool. And in your toolbox, in your enterprise toolbox, in your business toolbox, you may have data architecture, process architecture, business architecture, solution architecture, service-oriented architecture, uh, logistics architecture, rules architecture. I can go on and on to all these phrases that are out there. <coughs> Pardon me. And these are all tools. So somebody comes and says, you need to do an enterprise architecture. I would respond and say, well, that's a tool. What do you want to do? Well, I want to do enterprise architecture. No, no, no. That's a tool. <laughs> What do you want to do? I want to get a series of, for example, descriptive representations of the future state that our business needs to go to, in our opinion, based on what we know right now, and figure out where we are today and how we get there. Ah, got it. So then we look in our toolbox and see what we need. And in the previous section, I was talking about um, the surgeries that I had, it doesn't matter. But if you go to a surgeon, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get cut up <laughs> because that's what that person knows. So if you're going to go to an enterprise architect in the classical state of what we tend to see out there that really we call technology planning, you're going to get a technology plan. So what you need is a business outcome-driven enterprise architect that is concentrating on first understanding and representing in a human consumable format the end state of the business outcome you're looking for and then working back toward that to put a series of representations together to get us there that are both understandable by the business people, the sponsors, the stakeholders, whatever you want to call them, and of course the people that enable that. And then they will say, okay, we need an XYZ and a QRS and a TUV. We need a Phillips head screwdriver. We need a hammer. We need a nail. We need a chisel. We need some roofing shingles. Uh, we need some windows. We need some doors. Different, different things once we understand what the end game is that's out there. Let's get a little closer, though, to what possibly maybe something that you're working on today in the concept of enterprise architecture. And as I talked in, in our prior, prior break, one of the things we talked about was planning a portfolio of things that you need in your organization to meet its objectives. And we can call that application architecture. The word application has a connotation, but we're looking for as a series of functionality you know, that's, you know, that's out there. And that functionality is what gets us to the, the end game. 
<clears throat> and you want to be able to look at this and update it and improve it as we move forward. And that way, that may involve audit and review. So the business people, the technology people sit down and, you know, on, on an annual basis or quarterly basis. And you first start off with looking at your business strategy, whatever that phrase is. People say, well, it's light or it's thin or it's heavy, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. But something to begin a discussion. So as I joked in the previous segment, you know, when we're in the automobile business now, and we really want to get into the potato chip manufacturing business. <laughs> I'm laughing because I don't know if those discussions like that ever occur. I haven't been privy to that, but it may happen. Well, that's a radical change. It may be a logical reason for that particular change. Now, that's the end game. So the end game is to build an automobile and provide people with potato chips. Okay. Different strategy, different approach. Now, let's look at something different. The end game that we're talking about here is transportation of products and services and people. Let's look at what's going on right now in the world of spacecraft and how the game changed there. I want to be careful here because I, I, I would like to say to you that I know everything about this particular area. I don't by any means. But observations and some work with organizations, I have some understanding of this area. If you remember back to the space shuttle, the magic of the space shuttle, when you think about it, is it could transport both people and product at the same time. No one thought about, or maybe they did, I don't know, I can't, I can't say that or not, whether or not that and statement, people and product, increase the complexity of the solution. I'm going to venture that it massively increased the complexity. Because when you think about it, transporting human beings is a whole different game than transporting a box of potato chips <laughs> or blankets or sending to the International Space Station food or shelter or parts. Think about the human element versus that. And the shuttle was a great success. I am a big fan, a proponent, proponent of all this, and some people disagree with me. Some people hopefully agree with me. But look what's happening now. And I wish I could say it was a series of deliberate actions, but the people that are looking at space travel now are separating those two. They're separating the launch of human beings from the launch of products. And as some of you have been watching some of the things that uh, are out there, you see the different strategies and why that's happening. So again, starting off with the end game. Starting off with the end game. And it may simplify things when you really think about the end game first. 
and then move back and have a series of descriptive representations to be able to get you there. And that's really what I want you to think about from this broadcast. No one wants an architecture. They're looking for something that uses architecture to get us there. And that's what we're trying to do. And in the methodology or the processes that you're looking at for this particular topic, you have to think about the agility of that happening. And that agility comes through two things. Business outcome-driven enterprise architecture and a level of implementation maturity that we call assembling to order. In an upcoming broadcast, we're going to be discussing that particular topic. And so we're separating once again the architecture from the implementation. We're separating the engineering from the manufacturing. We're separating the architect from the general contractor. All of these phrases are tried and true phrases in the physical world that we're starting to recognize in the technology world. And one of the reasons for this is the maturing process. Technology is very, very immature. It's only been around for 40 or 50 years compared to some of the other things that you and I are more familiar with, um, you know, outside of the technical arena. Yes, technology is very young. Uh, some of you may have been grown, you know, grown up with, you know, with this from the beginning, but it is a very young and immature field. And as a matter of fact, in the maturity models that we look at and use, most organizations, this is not a critique, it's a positioning, are in what we call maturity level one out of a three-level maturity model that's out there. And once we get to that third level, so to speak, we'll be able to look at things a little bit differently. So, in closing, no one really wants an enterprise architecture. They want some end result, and it's usually a business or mission strategy enablement and enterprise architecture is being used to get us there. It's a means to an end. Think about this broadcast in your own practice. We're here to help. I can always be reached at sam at eacoe.org. Sam at eacoe.org. Until next time, have a great day. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in this week to the 2020, 2020s Enterprise, Enterprise, Enterprise. Be sure to join your host, Sam Holzman, again for another edition of our program next Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more topics of discussion then. 